You are now listening to another episode, a brand new episode of the best of the best, Maverick's Guide to Success. I am your host, Maverick Levy, and I feel like I sound like a broken record when these intros come on and you guys are listening. You know, thank you for the support. Please subscribe. Please rate and review. But you know what? Please do those things for me. I'm not going to stop it. Please make sure that if you're listening to the show, you're subscribed on whatever platform you're listening on. Also, some platforms allows it, some don't. If you can rate and review the show, it helps with the organic growth and we would very much appreciate it. So please make sure you can take a second out of your day to do that for us because we, and when I say we, I mean myself, DB Podcast, Helleva makes the music for the podcast, but really DB Podcast, they make this sound so crystal clear. I used to say like the water in Fiji or the water in the Exuma Bahamas so crystal clear but they make sure that you hear this in ultra high sound quality so it's coming through your speakers your headphones whatever listening device maybe you're just playing it straight on your phone while you fold your laundry they're making sure it's coming through crystal clear so thank you to them and thank you to you for being here once again next thing is the network the best of the best network coming things happening behind the scenes this is not one of those things that's an overnight success we want to make sure the hosts of the shows are going to be committed so they can deliver episodes in a timely fashion and next thing super super cool we have our first clothing collaboration with a small business based out of the metro detroit area Connor, he's the founder of Lost World Club. It's a clothing brand. They have awesome products. The quality is amazing. And not only is the quality amazing, he's a good guy, but he has been such a longtime listener and fan of the show. He has supported literally since the day he found the podcast. He's dropped some stuff off for me at the office to show love. And so I'm happy we have this collaboration coming. So stay tuned, whether it's social media or the next episode, we're going to be doing something some kind of giveaway but the color of the sweatshirts are awesome it's a very limited run you'll be able to check out his website i think it's lostworldclub.com but go to his instagram lostworldclub and there's a link in the bio you can see his products there but you'll see all the information about the collaboration on instagram very soon so just keep an eye out for that and last thing before we jump into the interview please remember the discussions on this podcast are for informational purposes only i cannot predict and do not guarantee that you will attain a particular result from the information provided you should always seek professional assistance before making decisions in connection with the topics discussed now everyone let's go into this interview with someone who is a host of their own show on the best of the best network let's get right into that on today's show like i said in my intro we have a very special guest he's actually returning to the show for season two his name is peter vitali he is the ceo and founder of a new insurance company encore insurance he's also has a extensive history and background in insurance with some all-state agencies and he is the host of insurance made simple with peter vitali that is located on the best of the best network so what's going on peter welcome back to the best of the best podcast thanks maverick it's uh great to be here you know a lot going on since uh we last spoke including the launch of this uh new insurance agency in michigan and the new podcast so a lot of exciting developments uh, since we last spoke yeah absolutely and so before we go any further just to give you all the listeners a background on sort of what the insurance made simple podcast is so if you're an active listener of the show and a regular listener you know we launched the best of the best network this educational network peter is actually the first beside my 
Listen, everyone, my dad has his own show that's coming out, a tax show. He is the tax king, and we're just getting him there. I'm making sure he's going to be committed. So Peter is actually the first person with their show on the network, Insurance Made Simple. And the goal is to dive deeper into the insurance world, You know, pull out the things that maybe aren't just black and white, and there's a lot of gray in the insurance world. And he is on, by the time you'll hear this, he'll be on his either fourth or fifth episode, and he has done a fantastic job navigating this podcast world as a new host of the show. So please make sure to uh, go listen to his show, subscribe to the show, rate and review the show, Insurance Made Simple with Peter Vitale. And you can listen anywhere you listen to podcasts. But Peter, what have you thought of doing your own podcast? Have you liked it? I know it's a bit out of your comfort zone, but that's the type of guy sure. you are. You're a leader. What have you thought of it so far? Well, it's really interesting. You know, um, you know, when we first talked about this, you know, I, I told you, I said, this is not something that's normally in my comfort zone. Um, but I think that this is just such an important topic because, right, every person that is listening to this show right now has been covered by an insurance policy at some point in their life and is more likely than not probably covered by an insurance policy right at this very second. So it is a, you know, insurance is a complex legal contract that every consumer, almost every consumer in the country and maybe the world is engaging in but they're not really reviewing it. They don't understand. The insurance companies have tried to make this, you know, a transactional business. And I found that, you know, by really taking a basic and simple and easy approach to explaining some of the complex topics has really been fun. You know, there are things that, uh, you know, I've prepared last night for a couple episodes I'm going to record um, later today after we get done recording this uh, podcast episode. But I learned things about products that I sell that I didn't know before because I I read the contract. I read the policy. And so by being able to explain these things to people it's really going to clear up a lot of confusion. And I think people have, um, you know, they have a lot of questions about insurance. They're, you know, the average insurance agent, I would say, is nowhere near an expert. You know, I would say they're maybe one or two steps ahead of the consumer, and that's probably about it. So I think, um, you know, it's been a fun experience for me. It's been a very interesting experience and really trying to put some complex contract language in a very simple terms for to help people understand is a little challenging sometimes. I'm not going to lie, but uh, I've enjoyed it a lot so far. So I'm glad to be doing it. Yeah, no, and you're doing a fantastic job breaking things down into layman's terms. I mean, obviously, you know, I actually, Peter and I have some exciting news we'll touch on later in the episode, but I am actually an insurance agent in both Michigan and Florida. And you know, someone like me that is an agent and I went through the process, I did the education, I taught myself what I need to know to pass the exams and whatnot, but there's still so much more in reality when you're actually, you know, writing the policies and doing things that it goes back to trusting your insurance agent, trusting the person you're trusting with writing your insurance and going back. And you talked about this in your episode three, where you might go back to your agent and you say, well, I didn't know this. I didn't know that. And it's kind of like, you're not placing the blame on them per se physically because yeah, you should have read it yourself, but it's kind of like, holy shit, you know, I thought I could lean on you and rest on you and sort of you were going to take care of me. And so when these unknowns come up and these things that people don't really necessarily want to think about the horrific, God forbid, scenarios that could possibly occur. And then you go back and you're relying on your insurance guy or girl to take care of you in that regard. I think that's one of the most important parts. And I will say this is personally on a business level working with Peter, with my insurance, my family's insurance, bouncing questions off him about rental cars when I'm on vacation, certain things is that you can tell in a second how educated he is. And the number one thing I love about Peter and the reason I respect him so much about 
insurance in general and why he's such an insurance guru is because he does this. If Peter does not know the answer, he will say, you know, I don't know, let me research that. Let me look into that. Because a lot of other people, they want to take this approach where, oh, I know it all. But in a world so complex that in an industry so complex, there's no way to know it all. So for him to stand up and say, hey, I got to sit down. I got to put my head in the books. I got to put my head in the internet and I got to really read about this and make sure I'm giving you you know, accurate advice, accurate information. It's a stand-up thing to do. It's a respectable thing to do. And most of all, it shows that he himself, you know, if he knows something, he knows it. If he doesn't, he's going to say it. And I think that goes to show the type of person you are in business and in personal life. So Peter, I guess the thing I would say to you is if someone feels that their insurance agent is more of a sales agent, right? You know, it's a salesperson sort of trying to sell them a policy to make some money. What would you say to the person that thinks their insurance agent maybe isn't so knowledgeable about specific questions? Would you recommend switching to maybe a different agent or try and work with that person and get down to the bottom of it? What would your recommendation be there? Well, I think my recommendation would be is, right, there's a lot of insurance agents that they may sell for one particular company, and they probably know that one product pretty well. But um, if you get into like some specific scenarios, um, they may not, and you may start to feel uncomfortable, as you probably should. Um, I, I would recommend in that situation that you ask them to get you an answer and put it in writing um, so you have something to fall back on, right? Because I think that's probably the most important thing to remember is that while you have a duty to read your policy in certain states anyways, um, and while you have a duty to understand the coverage you're buying, oftentimes what it gets down to is a, a phone conversation with an insurance agent and it becomes a game of he said she said in the event of a loss and you know well he told me this was covered and then of course he's gonna say well this wasn't covered so uh, my number one piece of advice to everyone is if you're unsure <laughs> if you don't have confidence in your insurance agent's confidence ask them to send you an email or send an email recapping what how you understand how that coverage conversation went and put the burden on them to reply if your understanding's incorrect. I think that's probably the best thing you can do if you're dealing with someone who you just don't, you don't have a good gut feeling about and it might be a great agent and they might be completely trustworthy, but you just got, you know, the wrong impression of them. So I would say, you know, getting things put into writing is important. Um, but then, you know, just simply asking, hey, you know, if I was talking to you and you didn't understand something, Maverick, I mean, I'm a pretty direct guy, but I also try and be, you know, as polite as possible, too. I'd probably say, you know, Maverick, it sounds like you're not too confident in that answer, um, and that's fine, but is there someone else I can talk to there who maybe, you know, do you have a coverage expert in your office or at your insurance company? So, you know, be persistent, I guess. That's my best advice. If you have a question this is an important question. I mean, this is in cases that could get down to, you know, the financial livelihood and of your family. So these are important things. So, you know, follow up as much as you need to, to get an answer you're comfortable with, but, you know, work with someone you're comfortable with from the beginning too. And you should be able to figure that out, I think, you know, during the sales process. What's the technical term of Encore Insurance? It's a standalone agency or what's where it's not, you know, a specific carrier agency? It's an independent agency or a non-captive agency. So we represent multiple insurance companies and try and match consumers with the right company. And then you have captive insurance agencies like State Farm, um, all state. Um, and then you have direct writers like Geico, where you go right to Geico, you talk to a Geico call center. And then you have some companies like Allstate even that, um, you know, they have a direct channel where they write directly for customers. They write through independent agencies as well. They write through captive agencies. So um, that's a long way to answer your question. Yeah, no, but no, no, yeah. no. I appreciate you breaking that down because what I was going to say is pushing back a little bit. Something you and I have talked about is as the agency is with Encore Insurance as an independent and you have multiple carriers and you represent multiple carriers, 
it's very hard to compete in SEO on Google. For all of you that don't know, your search engine optimization, it's hard to compete with these big agencies. So, you know, someone fresh out of college, just got their job, moved to a new state, moved to a new city, you know, is fully financially supporting themselves now. And they're going to search, okay, insurance. Well, they're going to go to, you know, like you said, maybe, you know, one of the larger insurance companies because they have such monetarial advantage over someone like mm -hmm. Encore Insurance because of the amount of money they can push into that. So when they are calling these people and they are, you know, wanting to feel comfortable, well, at first thought, they might say, well, to hell with it. You know, they're with the company. You know, I am calling based on an ad that was for, you know, a Geico mm -hmm. for and I'll say for a state farm. So they might feel a little I guess the word is uncomfortable. They won't feel as uncomfortable as, you know, maybe dealing with, and I'm not trying to say it's anything bad, as an independent agency because, you know, they've never heard, if they're somewhere on the other side of the state, they've never heard yeah. of Encore Insurance at this point because it's a startup. But they might have heard of Allstate, so they might feel a little more comfortable. But then the bigger company guy might not understand the shit like Peter does, but just because he has that behind him, they're going to feel more comfortable. And I think that's the part where you kind of got to stop and say, okay, well, just because they're with X, Y, or Z company that you see on TV and you see on the Super Bowl ads doesn't necessarily mean that those people are as knowledgeable mm -hmm. as a Peter Vitale, just because that, and I think people need to understand that aspect as well. Absolutely. And I think the most important thing there to understand, too, is right. As an independent insurance agency, we are writing your insurance coverage with carriers that are, you know, by way of example, right? Uh, we used Allstate as an example. So let's use this, right? Allstate sells its product through independent agents, too. So I, you know, I, I don't write business for Allstate, but if I had an appointment with Allstate and I, you know, through my independent agency, I could potentially write business through Allstate, which is the same policy you're getting from the Allstate guy. You know, if you go to a, you know, a local Allstate agency, you know, in your community, here's the difference is that I can sell more products, different products, not just one product. So I, I can represent, you know, companies like Liberty Mutual you see on TV. They have a company that they own called Safeco that independent agents write through. Progressive sells through independent agents too. So we have a bigger variety of products to write for, uh, write you through, but they're still written with strong, you know, national insurance carriers that are, you know, regulated by the state departments of insurance and that are financially sound. So I think the difference to look at it is it's like the difference between going to a mortgage broker and, you know, having them shop rates for you on a new mortgage and going directly to, let's say, you know, Quicken Loans or directly to, you know, uh, Chase Bank if you bank at Chase. So it's injecting more competition into the system. But the most important thing is not necessarily just about price on this. It's about the coverage. So each one of these insurance companies, their insurance contracts are not the same. You might think an auto policy is the same here as it is there, but that's not necessarily true. There are coverage distinctions built into the contract. And so by going with an independent agent, and I've been on both sides of this coin here. I've been on the, the captive insurance world. Now I'm on the independent side. Going with an independent agent, you have two advantages. One, they can shop and find you the best price, but they can also explain to you different coverage nuances that maybe, you know, company X is, you know, $3 more a month than company Z, but, you know, company X, they, you know, there's a lot of benefits and features built into their policy contract that company Z doesn't have. So, you know, going with an independent agent, you have someone who has more products and that that works two ways, better coverage and better price. So that's how I would look at it. Legally by law or, you know, by the insurance code, whatever the technical term may be, what is the duty and the responsibility that the insurance agent has to tell the consumer? Do they have to tell them every nitty gritty detail in the insurance contract that they're going to be signing? Or is that the responsibility of the consumer themselves? Where is that line? Yeah. Well, I'd answer that two ways. Um, it's different if you're an independent agent versus a captive agent. So if you write for one company or if you work in a 
Geico call center, or if you're a State Farm agent, we haven't talked much about State Farm, so let's say State Farm. You know, State Farm agents and people who work in the Geico call centers, they are not an agent of the insured. Their duty is not to the insurance customer. Their duty, and I'm speaking specifically of Michigan law because that's what I know best, but under Michigan law, their duty is to the company or the carrier. It's not to the insured. Now, an independent agent that represents multiple carriers, their duty is a duty to the client. So so there's a big legal distinction there. But no, yeah, and it's an important distinction because, you know, you're going to buy a product. You want to buy a product. You want to, you know, it's like, you know, having a real estate agent. You want someone representing your interests, not the other side's interests. Yeah, exactly. Which I think even goes more so to the fact of what I was saying before, where, you know, when you are calling those bigger, larger companies that we all know and we all see, and you may feel a little more comfortable because you've heard of them and you clicked on the ad directly from there and you know, well, listen to what Peter just said in the state of Michigan, they're, I'm going to use the word loyalty and I'm, and you know, we have the disclaimers at the beginning of the show, their loyalty, while it's to, you know, try and help you out, I guess, in a sense, their true loyalty lays to the, to the larger companies. So, Maybe they're not going to take the extra five minutes because legally speaking, their loyalty is not to you. They're not going to take the extra five minutes to explain something out. Whereas Peter's company, Encore Insurance, they will take the extra five minutes out, not only because they would do that anyway, because they're a great company, speaking from experience, but also because that is legally their duty to do so. But how deep do you have to get, Peter? Like how deep? Because there are bad people in every industry. There's bad apples everywhere. So for people to be cautious, what is that? So the best way for me to explain this is to say that, you know, the courts in Michigan have interpreted kind of two levels of um, a relationship. We have a standard relationship, which I would say probably most everyone has with their insurance agent. It's a standard relationship. And um, I will call it for this uh, discussion, an order taker relationship where Maverick tells me I bought a car. I want to add a car to the policy. I'm sitting here as an order taker. I'm adding that policy. I'm following the direction of the client, and I don't have much obligation except to do what the client tells me to do. Now, courts in Michigan have then looked at if there is a special relationship. Have I held myself out to be an insurance expert? Do we have a special relationship? The client in the courts will look at this on an individual basis with, you know, if a client's suing an agent, you know, uh, is my relationship with that client an order taker relationship or is it a special relationship that is different where I'm providing them strategic advice? I've held myself out to be an expert. Then I really have an obligation to really, you know, walk you through a lot more details. Um, and I have an obligation to, you know, make sure I'm advising you the best way possible. But by default, you know, insurance agents have a, an, you know, let's call it an order take a relationship with their clients. And it's not, it's not much more than that. So, you know, just on its face, you know, the way the law is written, you don't have a lot of recourse against your agent if they screw something up that you told them to do because by default, under the statute and under the case law, that's what we have to work with right now. I don't think that's a great way. Um, I think that you know there should probably be a little you know higher standard on the agent. I think a lot of people in the industry who may be listening to this are probably cringing right now. But um, you know, I'm a consumer advocate. I happen to sell insurance. I work with a lot of different insurance carriers. I'm a consumer advocate because when you take insurance companies that are worth billions and billions of dollars, literally have market capitalizations of, you know, 30, 40, 50, 60 billion dollars, and then you take an average consumer and the government's telling the consumer, hey, you got to buy this product. You know, I don't know. I think, you know, as a society, we may say, you know, insurance agents should probably default maybe somewhere in between those two relationships. So, yeah, that's why you got to be careful, guys. That's why I'm doing my podcast. That's why I want to educate people because by default, um, you don't have that much protection. You know, when you break the relationship down in terms of the government is man, I've literally never thought about that in this scenario before. I mean, it's the truth. The government is mandating 
us to get insurance coverage for pretty much everything under the sun. And these large companies know that. And so I don't want to say they essentially know that they could take advantage of a, not a majority, but a percentage of people because they know that, oh, I just got to get it done. I'm going to get it done however I can, maybe the cheapest way, maybe you know the, mm-hmm. the way that's not going to bother me in terms of my communication. I'm just going to tell them, boom, 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 this is what I need. And here you go. So I think that now that you say that, it puts it into a bigger picture, whereas you know people wouldn't just sort of maybe there are some people, but you know, a shame on you if you do, will diddy daddle with their mortgage, for instance. You know, they're just going to sort of jump at the first thing, not try and talk about a rate or make sure that, you know, the money's actually going to get funded. I think that due diligence and that sensitivity that comes with something like a mortgage should be brought onto insurance. But I don't think that type of conversation is there for the average consumer because they just see it as like, oh, you know, like I kind of, I need to have it. You know, I don't really know all the options. I don't really understand it, how some people, you know, if you go through the process of getting a mortgage, you're going to understand the mortgage way more in depth. However, when you take an example like insurance and you go through the process of getting insurance, you could be able to get insurance without ever talking to a physical human with some of these companies. And I I would say that's the most dangerous way to get it. Yeah, I agree with you. And I, you know, sidetrack, there is something with my generation and moving down the ladder, this underlying not wanting to talk to a human, wanting to do it with a computer. (laughs) And I, I frankly, I'll never understand it because for something like a mortgage or something like insurance, I want to talk to the human, you know, that's either going to be writing me the insurance or doing, you know, some aspect of the process so that I know whosever fingers are physically typing or physically writing something, you know, that associates my name, my social security number, my bank account information, all this sensitive information that I'm not so much concerned about the sensitivity of it with an automated system. I just want to make sure that it's physically getting done correctly. There's something to me about talking to a physical person. It's funny. I tried to call Gmail the other day and the website I searched <laughs> to like try and call it said like getahuman.com. I think that was the name. Like, get <laughs> yeah. Talk to a human or get human or something like that. But no, the veering back on track, I think that there is such an underlying misinformation not knowledgeable about the topic of insurance. And that's the gap that Peter's trying to fill with his show. That's the gap that the network's trying to fill in general because there's so many things in the insurance industry that take place, that happen. I was just at a dinner last night with a family friend in Florida, and I know you're more Michigan-based, and he's like, well, what the hell's going on with homeowner's insurance? You know, mine just doubled in, in the uh, past yeah. year. Do you have I any- I know a lot about the- Let's dive into that. Why? What's happening in Florida in relation to the homeowners policies? Yeah. So the Florida property insurance market, and in fact, um, I was talking about this. I was at a conference last week, and I was talking about this at dinner one night with two just, I would call them both industry experts in insurance, two of the smartest guys in insurance. In fact, one of the uh, guys, he was the founder of the general uh, insurance company. So I'm sure you guys all see those commercials. We don't see them here in Michigan a lot, but all over the country you see it. So this is the guy who founded that company. And uh, we were talking a lot about the Florida property market. It's a disaster, right? Um, So you've got really, you know, Florida's uh, prone to a lot of catastrophes um, in terms of weather, um, you know, and, and in terms of the Florida man, you know, you always see yeah, some sort yeah. of Flo- some sort of Florida man causing some sort of catastrophic situation somewhere. It is, it is, it always is. And the interesting part about Florida is the insurance companies want some changes to the legislation that is in Florida's home uh, market, and the government hasn't been. Um, looking to pass it. And it's about, you know, do we need to have guaranteed replacement cost or replacement cost coverage mandatory for Florida, you know, homes for their roofs? And uh, in many other states, you don't. It can go on an actual cash value basis. And that's one thing the industry wants to change. And and the industry has been 
just paying out these real high losses and it's not good. So rates are going up and some carriers are just saying, we can't properly price this risk because you know we have things like climate change that are happening. We see more uh, catastrophic events in places like Florida, honestly. And you know I'm not here to have a climate change debate and I don't know if you know, I don't know anything about climate change. I don't even want to get into it. I don't know if it's, you know, this is natural, if it's not natural, who knows? I haven't studied the topic. But what I do know is there are a lot of increased weather events if you look at history over the past 40 years in the United States, right? The weather patterns, the number of hurricanes and severe impact hurricanes has been going up. And what are we going to do? So you have a lot of insurance companies say, we don't know how to price this anymore because we don't know how many storms are going to be next year or the year after or the year after. So we're just going to exit the Florida market. It was nice doing business. We'll see you later. And that's what's happening. And you have companies that are maybe not as well capitalized that have just can't keep up with the losses and they don't have any money or enough money anymore. And the State Department of Insurance has put them under receivership to manage their finances because there may not be money to pay claims. And, you know, there's some state, um, you know, guarantee funds and things like that that'll, you know, make sure those claims get paid to a certain extent. But um, it's a volatile environment and the prices are going up. Carriers are pulling out or are going under, and that drives down competition, and it's just not a good situation to be in. So, um, yeah, I find that in itself fascinating for the reason being because we have a lot of smart people in this world, a lot of smart people, and a lot of smart people that want to grow generational wealth for themselves, yeah. for their families. And you take a state like Florida, where over the past what, 24 months, we've seen the mass movement, myself being one of them, even though, you know, I pretty much grew up half in Michigan, half in Florida, but myself moving down to Florida full time, you know, having Florida residency. So you have the demand for homeowners insurance skyrocketing while the supply is plummeting, causing prices to go up. I mean, that's simple supply and demand economics. But my point being, is that we have such smart individuals that want to grow generational wealth that you would think that there will be people, and I'm sure they're working on it now, figuring out a way of how the hell can I make this work? Number one, to do it properly. Number two, to make sure that I can sort of give everyone a chance because who wouldn't want to be everyone's homeowner's insurance policy holder, you know, a company mm -hmm. in Florida. And number one, make money while doing it. Because like we just said, you know, 10, 15 minutes ago, the government's saying you need to have it. You know, your homeowner's association is going to say that you need to have it if you live in a gated your community in Florida. Company. Yeah, your yeah. mortgage. All these different people are going to say you need to have it. So I'm shocked that we're at this point where there's not more people, you know, I guess up in the forefront and in the window, I'm sure they're working behind the scenes, but working on some remedy to make it work or, you know, no one could have ever predicted COVID, I guess per se, but it's something that's crazy to me, I guess. I, I don't really know. Well, I think too, there's, this could be some of the carriers who are exiting the market or have or just saying they're not writing any new business. That could be a tactical play that they're leveraging and they're basically, you know, they want some regulatory changes and they want some legislative changes and, um, you know, they haven't been able to get them so far. Um, so perhaps the thought is, you know, once enough consumers start, you know, really telling their elected officials, hey, I can't get homeowner's insurance. This is a messed up situation. You've got to do something. Then maybe the industry, the insurance industry will get some of those legislative changes pushed through. So it could be a strong arm tactic by insurance carriers, honestly, to, you know, where they're saying, listen, we can't make as much money as we want right now. We're going to exit. And then when Florida cleans up these things, you know, and passes some new laws, then we'll come back in. But this is how we're going to get those laws passed. We're going to kind of they're playing a game, maybe. Yeah, definitely. It's definitely possible. I'm not saying all of them are doing that. Not all of them are are bad actors, but you know, certainly some of them are. I mean, we we saw that in Michigan. You know, with auto insurance being very high, it was also a very low profit state for the insurance industry too. 
And, you know, I will tell you that I, I heard from some very reputable people in Lansing that State Farm was talking about, you know, if there wasn't significant regulatory changes made to Michigan's auto insurance market, they were going to exit the state. And a lot of the people thought it was, you know, they were just blowing smoke and it wasn't really going to happen. But listen, Michigan's auto law got changed in 2019 after people were complaining about it for 40 years. So, And is that the whole thing with the refund that people are supposed to be getting back? Yeah, so that's part of it. Um, there was some changes made and um, the state reinsurance organization for PIP claims, the Michigan Catastrophic Claims Association, has a big surplus now um, because of some of those reforms. And so the governor, um, you know, and nothing against the governor. I think she's a brilliant political tactician, but she <laughs> um, it, it's an election year, right? So what a better way to start off an election year than uh, with Everyone getting $400 back per car that they had insured on October 31st of last year. You know, I don't know. I would say our average family that we insure has two cars. Um, you know, if we're going to get technical, I think it's more in like the 2.6 to 2.8 cars per household range. So, you know, a lot what would of, that uh, mean? Lot of households. 0.6 or 0.8? Well, you know, if we're dividing, you know, our okay. entire customer base, right? We have some that have three cars. We have some that have one yeah, car. I didn't know we if you were saying maybe someone has a, no. a three-wheeler, no, 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 a no, Can-Am. No, no, no. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, but so on average, right, you know, I would say our average family probably has three cars, but we have a significant amount of people who only have, you know, one person in the household, one car. So to that three-car household, that's 1200 bucks that's going to be deposited, you know, in their bank account in the next, you know, if it hasn't already in the next few weeks. So that's a big deal in Michigan. Um, people have been overpaying for a long time. Now, there's a whole other argument on the flip side of this where, you know, there are some people who are seriously injured and they're not sure they're going to be able to keep having the level of care they've always had before. Yeah, that's it's crazy. I saw some Facebook post somewhere, someone talking about someone was bitching about how they haven't got their money yet. And then I just thought to myself, what a crazy world we live in. I get it. I'm only I'm going to be 24 years old this year, but I know, you know, I'm a young guy. But it's crazy to think about just because what my family does for a living in the industry that I've been groomed to be in and I've been wanting to go in since I could remember, it's crazy to live in a time where people are getting money transferred into their bank account from the government, not just a tax refund. They're getting substantial money transferred into their bank account. It's just a crazy idea. I think about it often because you have you know, a total sidebar straight. I know you're struggling to find people for Encore Insurance, just as we're struggling to find people at the tax office and struggling to find people in other businesses. It's crazy to think that that's happening. And the insurance world is one where I've always thought, and maybe you have more knowledge about this, you probably do. When you work for a company, Right. A lot, you know, the newest thing is, you know, what are the perks and benefits are working there? What's the culture there? What's the work environment, et cetera, et cetera. And when you have this, you know, unless you have like a company car that's given to you and the, the company's paying for insurance, no one really uses incentives besides like life insurance or health insurance. Well, why are people not? I think such a cool thing that maybe you and I can talk about off the show is why are people not utilizing, you know, work incentives as leaders of organizations and companies to be, you know, we'll pay for your car insurance or we'll pay for this or we'll pay for that? Because is that allowed? Let's say, you know, I come to work for Encore Insurance and it's not a company vehicle, but as a perk and benefit, I say, hey, or you say, hey, Maverick, you know, we actually offer to pay for your car insurance. Is that allowed to pay for someone else? else's insurance? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I would see a problem with it, um, you know, pending its tax the right way and, and that kind of, you know, issue. So I, I wouldn't think that's an issue. I mean, you know, um, I, I in fact think, um, you know, it's no different than if you work in, you know, a, a major, you know, downtown area where parking's tight and they, you know, say, all right, we're going to pay for, you know, give you a parking allowance. Um, so, you know, I think that could definitely be worked in as like a reimbursement type situation, um, but just taxed appropriately as a benefit. I, I wouldn't see an issue uh, outright with that. Yeah. 
because just as a leader in our tax company is third generation, the more you're able to take off of people's plate, you know, the happier they are, the harder they'll work for sure. But something as far as insurance, where you know, bringing in insurance experts in into your office and making sure your your team members and your staff understand, you know, the insurance industry as a whole and what they're signing and what they need to be aware of, because. The stories, you know, we hear of just the reason people got into tax problems, some of it being, you know, misguided, I'll say, some of it being just being irresponsible. I think that there's something in the workplace that can happen in relation to, you know, personal line insurance, meaning, you know, the homeowners, the car insurance, things like that, because it's something that people are not educated about, you know, but where better place to do it than at a place where if you can afford to do it for your staff, you know, it's just another added perk and Benny. So maybe we'll we'll talk about that afterwards because that might be cool. It's a great thing to talk about. And it's, you know, even bringing in an insurance expert, you know, into the office as a benefit, you know, to review people's current insurance policies, you know, that's yeah. definitely a benefit. So yeah, there's a lot of interesting things that can be done. What would you say is the number one thing Thing. You know, you're, however your lead gens come into Encore Insurance and, and, you know, they're calling for their insurance, what's the first thing they're asking about? Is it price? Is it can you insure me? What's usually the first thing you would say? Price. Definitely price. And I think that factors in because, you know, we're operating in Michigan and Michigan Auto Insurance, uh, even with these massive reforms that have gone through in the past few years, um, you know, Michigan's no longer maybe the most expensive auto insurance uh, in the country, but it's the second most expensive. So we, we went through a lot of reforms. We didn't make a lot of movement. Um, so it's definitely Typical price, Michigan. But yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Typical Michigan. So it's Michigan. definitely price. No, I, and that, that was going to be my guess because everyone's so worried about the price. But like I said, it just comes down to educating about what the price is going to be and why it's going to be. And that's why for all of you listening out there, and I know it's so hard to maybe understand this, that I have no bias in saying this. I'm a straight up guy. Peter knows that. If you need insurance and you aren't residing in Michigan, living in Michigan, you need to contact Peter just to review your policy. You need to, to contact his office. He's got a great team there. He's got a great thing going. As you can hear, he's so knowledgeable. You know, contact Encore Insurance. How, what's the, what is it EncoreInsurance.com? EncoreInsurance.com. Yep. yep. Yeah, no. So EncoreInsurance.com. And what's the phone number? Phone number is 248 zero two zero zero so two four eight four six six zero two zero zero and and what type will you list off what type of insurance that you can offer any personal lines insurance so um, is what we're specializing in uh, so auto insurance home insurance condo insurance renters insurance insurance for your RV ATV golf cart boat jet ski umbrella policies um, those are the things that we we specialize in every day. So whether you have a $10 million house or whether you have a $50,000 house, um, we're everything personal lines insurance. So awesome. um, that's what we're specializing in. And and Peter helps us with our insurance. And I, yeah. when I, anyone I refer to Peter, they never are upset. They're never unhappy. They're always very happy. They all love Peter. And Something I'm going to ask you, because I think that as time goes on, I try and think of things that pertain to the listeners. And this is a question I'll have. If you're living with a significant other that's not a fiance that you're not married to, and you guys are living in the same place together, mm -hmm. and you get renter's insurance, is their stuff also going to be, when I say they're the significant other stuff, going to be covered under that renter's insurance policy? Or do they need to get an additional renter's insurance policy? So this is a great question. Um, and it, it almost is like the perfect setup because um, you would have thought we planned this before and I had no idea you were going to ask me this. And I don't think you knew you were going to ask this. It, it sounds like it's something you just I had thought no of clue. randomly. No yeah. clue. <laughs> this is a great question because like I was talking about earlier, the different insurance carriers have different policy contracts that read different ways. So it depends on what carrier you're going with. Some you would have to get to, some, um, you know, the the fiance or the non-fiance, the other person living there, whether 
and it's different if it's a roommate versus if it's someone, you know, you're in a relationship with where, you know, you might share financial responsibility of things. So you're in, you know, a romantic relationship, um, you know, where you're sharing, you know, you're commingling, you know, assets and money. It's different. Um, so it just depends. I mean, that's why going to, you know, XYZinsurance.com and buying a renter's policy and making an assumption is a really bad strategy exactly. because you don't know. And, you know, in preparation for some of uh, a couple episodes of my podcast I'm recording later today, I literally have printed off I think I have Geico, Progressive, and Allstate's auto insurance policy contracts that uh, for in Michigan, and I literally went through them and figured out certain coverage scenarios, what would happen under each, and a lot of this, they're different because they're different policy contracts, they're different words. You know, the word you, meaning the insured, may be defined differently in, you know, let's say Geico's renter policy versus, you know, State Farm's renter's policy. You know, Geico's may say you means you and everyone who's related to you by blood, uh, marriage, um, or an adopted relationship that lives in your household. Whereas, you know, State Farm's may say you means you and that's it. You, the person who's listed on the policy, nothing more, nothing less. So, yeah, this is why you need an insurance expert to navigate through these things. Because the last time you want to find out about that is when, you know, you know your, your condo or apartment or house burns down and, you know, you're hoping that, <laughs> you know, your significant other stuff is covered and hope is not a very good strategy. That's why we need you. That's why we have you. That's why we have the network. And that's why we have Insurance Made Simple with Peter Vitale to break all that stuff down so people aren't in the dark. So they're not in the closet about what's going on. They're not burying their head in the sand and just not caring about this stuff. They're able to get out there, listen, educate themselves. I think any financially responsible person is going to listen to this episode, then they're going to go to your show, listen to your show, because they're going to be like, what the hell? You know, I didn't know any of this stuff about X, Y, and Z insurance company that, you know, they just didn't know. And this is what I would tell you. And I would tell your listeners, this is what I tell people all the time, because when you think about it, if you don't know if something's going to be covered in the event of a loss, why are you wasting your money on insurance? Just Throw the money out the window somewhere else because if you're buying something that isn't going to protect you when something happens, you're just wasting money. Um, and the insurance companies are rich enough. I mean, the insurance companies, you know, I don't want to get into, you know, a total, you know, let's go after the big bad insurance companies, but the insurance companies are making a lot of money. So why give them more for something that's not going to be covered? It just doesn't make any sense. You might as well save the money and then, you know, self-insure versus wasting the money. So, yeah, we want you to be educated about these things. We want you, you know, to know and, you know, right? Losses happen every day. Yep. Peter, this has been a fantastic episode. I've learned a lot myself, as I always do when I talk to you and I talk to a lot of other people that are the best of the best in their industry. And I had you on in season one and I asked you, what did you wish you knew in your early 20s? That's the question I sign off with everyone that comes on the show, but I've already asked you that. So I'm going to ask you this question. Sure. What is the number one thing you didn't know about insurance before you got into the industry that sort of gave you that holy shit wow factor? I didn't realize that um, so much of insurance was litigated. Um, and I didn't realize there were quite so many lawsuits in the insurance industry to get coverage. I didn't realize that so many people thought they were covered for something, but then when the loss happened, they weren't. Um, and then they have, uh, you know, they had to sue their insurance company or their insurance agent or somebody to try and get coverage. Um, so I thought people had a better handle on insurance as a consumer, and that's just not the case. And that's you know, why I'm passionate about insurance. That's why I read about insurance every day. That's why I do my podcast to try and educate people. Because listen, you know, if your house burns down and you lose a bunch of stuff and, you know, the last thing you want to be doing is having to now sue your insurance company to get coverage because, you know, some simple mistake was made on, it doesn't matter whose part it was. It could be your part, your agent's part, the insurance company, it doesn't matter. But if you've got to go through litigation to get that solved, 
that's a disaster. So let's just avoid that. Let's educate people about insurance. Let's work together through this. So that was my my biggest learning uh, point uh, in all this is that there's a lot of uh, a lot of coverage questions, and those questions aren't addressed until after the you know catastrophic life event already happens and it's the education isn't done on the front end. Yeah, they're not addressed unless you've listened to Insurance Made Simple and you know what questions to ask, right? Yep, exactly. Well, yeah, exactly. there you go. Well, Peter, <laughs> thank you so much for coming on the show. Hey, my pleasure. Thank you for being a, a member and a family member of the Best of the Best Network. We're excited to grow with you. We feel very fortunate to have you on the team and have you on our side. And Listen, everyone, you just heard the man talk for himself for about 51 minutes in this interview. So go listen to a lot more content, a lot more information, a lot more to absorb. But it's fun. It's not the boring side of insurance. Peter makes it fun. He makes it engaging. They're shorter episodes. So you can really, you know, listen while you're doing one task. But Peter, you're killing it. You're doing a great job. Look forward to seeing the future of everything together with us. And uh, we'll talk soon. All right. Thanks for having me on, Maverick. Much appreciated. Like you heard Peter and I talk about during the interview, during our discussion, during our conversation, he has his own show on the best of the best network, Insurance Made Simple with Peter Vitale. He's such a great host. He's very thorough. And everyone, please remember that podcasting, if you're just coming into this, It's not a skill that you are good from the get-go at. And I'm not saying that Peter's not good. I'm just saying that it has taken me a very long time to get fully comfortable behind the microphone. So go support him. I say that to say, go show him love. Go support him. Go comment on their Instagram page. Go show him you love him in the rates and reviews section on Apple Podcasts. Show him some love because he is working very hard. I don't know if he said it during the interview, but he's stepping out of his comfort zone creating this podcast. He is really a guru when it comes to insurance. And I sort of put a fire underneath him that said, hey, you are that guy and you're going to be that guy in the network because you're so knowledgeable about everything. And his episodes honestly have been nothing less than amazing. There's so much information to absorb there. And remember, we're building this network for you all. This is the start of it. Peter is just the start of it. He's going to be here till the end for sure in 150 years but he's here for the start of it and i thank him very much for supporting the vision of the network and adding to it because he is a great addition and we very much value peter so you know what shout out to peter a lot of cool insurance stuff that we talked about a lot of just stuff in general that's going on in the world relating to insurance so it's always good to stay in the know and be knowledgeable about those things so Before I sign off, as I'll call it, go make sure you subscribe to Peter's podcast, you rate and review his show, and make sure you're talking about, you know, the best of the best, insurance made simple, the best of the best network with friends, family, coworkers, hell, the random fucking person on the side of the street. You know what? You're going to be helping them out if you let them know to listen to this show or show them about the network so that they can better themselves. But everyone, that is it for today. What a fantastic episode. Again, so happy that we have the network up and running and lots more to come. So stay around, stay tuned. And thank you everyone for listening to another episode of what's your favorite podcast. So thank you for that. This is the best of the best Maverick's Guide to Success.